I think it will be okay. Inshallah. Bismillah. Okay. Welcome everybody. We're going to talk about that famous Glenfield Tower. You know the one I mean. The one that burnt down. We've got a company called Latif who's been doing some great work. However, like most things, we don't talk. So what we're going to do, we're going to give you about an hour of talking around different things to do with Glenfield Tower. I think I'll start this off firstly with my own family. We lost three members of our family. Abdul Aziz, his wife, his son Yasin, Nohuda and Mahdi. They were lost on that fateful night. And what bothered me most of all was the time it took me to actually find that they'd been lost. Now, these team of people are quite good at getting bits and chunks of information from us. So I'm going to give them over to you. Well, you know what, we're really grateful for that. I mean, uh, there's four words that I can use. Um, stressed, sad, anxious, angry, tired, and emotional. That's how it left me. Um, and I managed to find a way out of it. And not the best way out of it. And I think you're a much better way of doing it. I mean, the service is there. Why don't we use it? Why do we put our heads in the sand? I mean, I know you've um, tried to help some of the people, but there's more to be helped. No, no, the lockdown hasn't helped, but what the lockdown has taught us is that, you know what, we're suffering already, so let's not suffer in silence, let's do something, say something, you know, I mean, it's about time we started to get together and do something positive, rather than whinge, 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 and guess what, you're not getting any money, so stop whinging. <laughs> 
to hear it. Um, what we try to do is that everything that they are carrying within their hearts, um, they can find a space that they can speak about it freely. And that's um, one of one of the uh, what we would like to bring for for, for the people that have um, passed through this uh, terrible tragedy. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I, I agree. I think it's interesting because the first person I spoke to was a young man, I can't remember his name, as per usual. But the, the, the way he spoke about everything happening was really nice. When you say the young man, I think you're talking about one of our colleagues. Yeah, mm-hmm. Raheel. Yeah. Raheel, Raheel. Yes. <laughs> yes. He should He's be. A sweetheart. <laughs> he, he should be named Raheem. I mean, you know. Thank you. Yes. he is one of the counsellors here at the Team Project, one of the counsellors who've been brought basically to provide a service, to provide support for people who have been impacted by this thing, this terrible thing. And yes, he's a, he's a wonderful man, a wonderful man. But I actually have to say I am biased. I think that all of our counsellors are incredibly skilled, incredibly sensitive, and incredibly fitly. But that's my opinion. Well, well, to be in this line of work, you have to have something that's different from everybody else. And I do believe that it's not only putting your head down on the ground that's going to help you. I think you have to have um, some personal awareness of what you can do and you have to try and do something. Doing something is better than doing nothing, as we've seen. Yes. Yes, very much a part of the training that the Lissif Project counsellors have been through has always had that underlying fundamental foundation of activism. And, you know, without the all the connotations of that. It's, it's yeah. really service, it's to do with true service, um, without any fanfare or frills or you know, just really getting to the heart of those who really need um, uh, you know, what we may have to offer. Uh, that's, that's always been the niyat, that's always been the intention. Um, and I'm, I'm quite happy to fight for it, if necessary. Yes, I mean, you, you know, one of the things that I've noticed is that um, there was a gentleman who did the tent project. I can't remember his name. He's almost probably doctor something. But, you know, if you have the right intention, you follow through the actions, you, you can't go that far wrong. I think that, you know, you, you guys will not only do a wonderful job, but it's much needed. What happened, what happened with that fire was 
comes from that. Mm. Or any of the more complicated things around how people work through, say, their bereavement, or how they work through, say, the sadness, the depression, the fear, the anxiety, then Bismillah. Yeah. I think, you know, one of the things that um, affected me, that I was hit by this thing, you know, just one night, you know, somehow by social media, we heard what was going on, we went down there. Now, people say, it's the worst disaster since World War II, and it really is. I mean, I witnessed things I would not even want to describe. I mean, to be standing at the bottom, behind the cordon, looking up, and seeing one person clearly dying because the, the, the orange smoke overtook her. And then, of course, the people jumping, I think that was something that they kept quiet because, you know, if it's a suicide, it's a suicide. But what are you going to do 20 floors up? You know, you, you, you've got to do something. And Yes. I mean, the thing is, it cost me my marriage. Um, it cost me a lot of things. And I'm still affected now. And believe me or not, believe it or not, I've seen some serious things in my life. You know, being a soldier, even in peacetime, is never easy. Being a black soldier is even more difficult. And I do realise that um, people try, but but we're too quiet. We need to say something. I think I think there's there's lots that needs to be said. I think that people need a space to be able to say how they feel, and I think people also have the right to express themselves in relation to the injustice that they've experienced. Because it's not just about fairness, it's not just about fear, it's not just about anxiety, trauma or depression. It's also it's also about the fact that people have a sense that this was wrong, that this shouldn't have happened. And that does create a lot of anger and irrespective of how justified that anger is. That anger also sits on the heart. Well, you know, I, I was glad that um, I had informal support. I had my friends, family. I mean, the, the rest of it was always on television and formal support, that was good as well. But it started to um, dwell in the middle because after a little while people said, well, it's done now, but it really wasn't. I went to a school and done an assembly in front of a couple of hundred kids. As we're doing the assembly, I'm explaining to them what it feels like. I mean, these children were about 11, I tried my best. But as I'm talking to them, I look out the window and there's Glenfall Tower. So the amount of children that were affected must have been incredible. Yeah. Of course, we all stopped talking. 
I'm hoping that something can be done. I mean, I know that my um, one of my relatives is on his own and he's, he's just doing his editing. service that responds to you is a good thing. I've always liked to talk and other people I know, they're in the same boat. We have to trust and that's important because a lot of us are sitting down, replaying in our mind again and again, but we're not talking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, only by the grace of Allah, I, I'm talkative. I'll talk to anybody. Stand me still, that's it. You felt it's hard to shut me images, up. The images that you are carrying are very, very strong. I mean, when you are talking about when you went to the school, you are talking with the children, but then the Grandpa Tower is just besides, and that's, you know, it's such a powerful image of uh, um, sadness and terror as well. So what what you're saying is that is that you know you are carrying that within within yourself, right? And having a space in which you can actually talk about those impressions that are literally around wherever you are going um, could be very beneficial, not just for you, but for um, you know people that are passing through similar kind of um, emotional experiences. Yeah, we we need the help. It's funny, just before I started to talk to you, I went to Juma, and there were a couple of interesting messages from Juma. It would seem that COVID has now turned into enemy number one, and somehow we got to find a way of getting over it, but I didn't realise that there were so many people that were depressed. I'm sure there's something we can do to move forward. COVID's impacted our lives 
livelihoods it's put them in situations where they have to regularly be, be fearful fearful of going to work fearful of sending their children to school COVID has for now become a nemesis that sits on our shoulder every waking hour of the day and that is impacting how people feel that's impacting people's sense of themselves their sense of reality and and so for, for where we are at the latif project we're very aware of the fact that people need support need counseling support in relation to dealing with COVID. And that's irrespective of whether or not they've lost someone, irrespective of whether or not they're a key worker, irrespective of whether or not they have three generations of people living in the same house and there are fears around transmission. Yeah, that, 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 that's something that's all on, on our mind all the time. And I can't see it going away any day soon. I mean, the lockdown's getting worse and worse. But there's nothing else that can be done. Well, we were literally just about to open a face-to-face service when the lockdown happened. Mm-hmm. Now, what we've is transferred all of our work online so we can be contacted by phone or by or by um, WhatsApp, Skype, other platforms. But one of the things that's also difficult with COVID is that a lot of people are finding that they're just spending so much time online. Mm-hmm. And they're doing that because they're doing all the things that they have to do, be it work, be it looking after other people in the family. But I suppose what I want to suggest is that if the only way to get support right now is online, we need to also make sure that we find time to do that. So if there are people who are tired of too many video calls, but at the same time, who are depressed, bereaved, anxious, angry. I'm asking them to think again and possibly get in touch with us. What's the what's the best way of getting in touch with you? Yes, please. Um, the number, the direct line uh, number is zero seven three zero eight five one zero five five five. Well, that's easy zero, to remember. 
Rather than doing the phone call, you'd rather send you a text or message. How would we do that? The same number can receive texts as yeah. well. Yeah, okay. And someone gets back to you very, very quickly. Thank you. So that's not a problem. Um, also email, of course. We have a very secure, confidential email address, which I can give you as well. Thank you. It's referrals at latifproject.org. That's referrals at latifproject.org. That's right. Yes. Okay, no problem. And again, very fast turnaround. Someone responds very quickly. And uh, we can send out a referral form straight away and get the process going within a few days. Thank you very much. You're welcome. All right, we've got right, 22 minutes. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to wrap it up. Um, and what I dare say, what we should do is do another two when it's convenient for all of us. Mm-hmm. We'll have to see what this one's like. I'm, I'm hoping it'll be brilliant. But I've always been a hopeful person. Well, nice meeting all of you. I'm sure that we'll speak again soon. Inshallah. Inshallah. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much.